we have a special guest today, and I'm delighted. Um, got to meet him and visit some. I'm looking forward to a lot more. Um, Stuart Winograd uh, has been around in ministry to Jewish people um, probably as long as I've developed gray hair, so we are roughly comparable in age, but he labored in uh, Belarus, which is a very difficult place uh, because it's both anti-Semitic and under communist dictatorship, um, and he's seen a lot of people coming to know Yeshua, Jewish people in particular, and uh, the last few years he's also been involved in ministering uh, to young Israeli backpackers in the Ramshela, which is where the Dalai Lama is situated. Uh, Israeli kids come after the military because they're looking for life, ultimate mysteries of the universe and all that kind of good stuff. Um, in any event, um, Stuart is going to come and share the word and share about his ministry, and then we will take up a uh, love offering for him afterwards. So, uh, Stuart, would you please come and bless us? And uh, would you let me bless you as you come, please? Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for this brother and uh, his wife, Chantel, that you have raised to do the work of your kingdom. And uh, we thank you, Lord, for the favor and the fruit that you have given them, we pray, Lord God, that it would increase and multiply and that your kingdom would expand. And we pray, Lord, today that um, you would put your word in his mouth and give us the needed ears to hear Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Shabbat shalom, mishpucha. It's good to be here with you today. And I uh, really enjoyed fellowshipping with Chaim this morning. Uh, when he greeted me within three minutes, I felt like I was with an old friend, although we had never met. So uh, that's the way it is sometimes in God's kingdom. And um, before I, I uh, share with you the things that are on my heart, I thought we would uh, show you a little video which kind of gives you an introduction to who we are as a ministry. The name of our ministry is Reach, in, Reach Initiative International and who, what God has been doing through us. And so we'll just pop that video on. Maybe somebody can flip the lights down, and, uh, and then I'll be back in a moment. We are driven by a vision to reach the lost, raise disciples, serve the poor and needy, and equip believers for the kingdom work. In 1994, we took part in an evangelistic outreach in Minsk, Belarus in the former Soviet Union, and the Lord showed us that the Jewish people of this land were hungry and seeking. They needed a shepherd, and we understood that the Lord was calling us to this role. Sometimes your calling comes in dream. Sometimes it comes in the spirit's breeze. It was just a few months later that we packed up our home, took our four children, and left the comforts of America to serve the Lord in the broken land of Belarus. 
where there were food shortages and lack everywhere. But I'm a man of dust and stains. You're moving me so I can say. are deeply committed to reaching and equipping the next generation. We have raised up more than 30 young adults who carry important leadership responsibilities in our congregations. India, the Lord has given us the unique opportunity to bring the good news of Messiah Yeshua's salvation to some of the more than 50,000 Israelis that travel to India every year to seek answers from Eastern mystics. These young Israelis are open to a Jewish presentation of the gospel, and God is blessing this ministry. The Lord has also directed us to teach the church in India and in other countries, helping them to participate in this end-time revival of the Jewish people that will impact the nations. Lord, send me. The vision for our humanitarian outreach ministry really started with an encounter I had in 1998 at a grocery store. I saw this elderly woman that was bent over, searching desperately for enough money to pay for half a loaf of bread. So when I saw this, my heart really broke, and I felt like all the poverty of Belarus was on my shoulders. It was really a difficult moment, and so I grabbed some money, paid for her bread, ran to my car, and I started to cry. At that moment, I felt like what would my little efforts do? How can I make even a dent in this huge amount of need in Belarus? And at this moment, I felt the Lord touch me and speak to my spirit that if I do what he puts before me to do, one need at a time, one person at a time, if I open my hand to the needy, he will fill it up. He will bring the resources and bring the people to work alongside with us. Today, Reach Initiative International serves thousands of individuals and more than 60 organizations throughout Belarus.
Babushkas or grandmothers from our congregations serve more than 50 handicapped, sick elderly shut-ins a year. In Belarus, there is no access for nursing home or in-home health care. So our ministry is reaching to these precious individuals in practical ways with the love of Yeshua. Many of the individuals that have been served through these ministries have fell in love with Yeshua and they made him their Messiah. The Children's Hospital for Infectious Disease serve as a temporary residence for children who have been abandoned and rejected by their parents. Our ministry is about providing the love and care that these children need. We pray with them, play with them, we provide basic items like diapers and juice and clothing, all of which the hospital cannot afford. At any given time, there's about 20 to 40 abandoned children in this hospital. The hug and love and material help that we give them really goes a long way. And the impact of this ministry is very hard to describe in words. Many children are also suffering from heart conditions and life-threatening illness. We are not only committed to serving these children, but also the doctors who work tirelessly to save them. Our Adopt-A-Doc program is bringing doctors from Belarus to America to receive intense medical training for several weeks, training that they could not receive in Belarus. And then they return to Belarus and they put in practice what they've learned and that has saved many lives. We are grateful for all of our volunteers and financial partners. We could not do this without you. in Belarus, we were deeply touched by the suffering of the Holocaust survivors, and so many of them were living in poverty. We made a decision to bring them help and comfort. We feel a love debt to these people. From the start, we shared with the Holocaust survivors that it was our desire that all of our Jewish people would experience the love and salvation of Messiah Yeshua. But we told them that even if they never saw things the way we do, we would help them unconditionally. It was the beginning of a lasting friendship that continues to this day. Say to them, 
When a container of aid arrives, we always give priority to the needs of the Holocaust survivors. We have celebrated the biblical feast together. We've studied the scriptures together and prayed together. We've dealt and discussed with the hard questions of life together. And as the Holy Spirit was bringing their comfort, we were so grateful to see some of them accept the Lord. We counted a great privilege to serve them and to be their friends. Hallelujah. You know, it's my desire today to uh, not only inspire you and encourage you about uh, the things that God is doing in different parts of the world amongst our Jewish people and people of the nations, but also to inspire and encourage you for the work that the Lord has given you here in Denver, Colorado. And uh, in light of that, I just felt as I was uh, watching the video 
I, I just felt moved to, to pray together with you and to pray for you. So if you would join me in that, I'd appreciate that. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King. Your love for us is amazing. The power that you have manifest on our behalf is awesome. And we want to take this opportunity to thank you again for the amazing sacrifice that you made for us, Yeshua, by surrendering your life on that tree 2,000 years ago that we might have the forgiveness of our sins and daily fellowship with you and the promise of eternal life. Lord, I ask you to move by your Ruach today and touch your people. Touch your people in their place of need. I pray for those that, whose fires are burning bright, that when they leave here, those fires would even be hotter and brighter. I pray for those that are discouraged and oppressed. I pray that you break the power of that discouragement and oppression off their lives. I pray for those who've been overcome or just harassed by fear. I pray, Father, that you would give them a fresh revelation of who you are and who they are in you and that your perfect love would deliver them from fear. I pray, Father, for those that are either already compromised with sin or are being tempted right now. I pray, Lord, that they would experience in a fresh new way a motivation for holiness to see the rewards of holiness and a strength rising up from within their spirits to break the ties with those sins and addictions and to come out of the prison, Lord. I thank you that you're opening prison doors. I thank you that you're opening prison doors. For those that have been weary, Lord, and have grown weary in well-doing, or for those who've been waiting for a long time for certain things to come to pass, I pray, Father, today, encouragement and vision would rise up in a fresh new way. Thank you, Lord, for your amazing grace. And thank you for being with us. And thank you for Jubilee. And thank you for the privilege of co-laboring with you in your kingdom. For the salvation of Israel and the nations and the glory of your name. We bless you. We bless you in Yeshua's name. Amen.
Hallelujah. How many of you received ministry from the Holy Spirit just now? Just raise your hand high. Let's just give him thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I want to encourage those of you that are, that, that are um, that have been battling with fear and discouragement. And if you felt a breakthrough today, hold on to it. And if you need support to hold on to it, make sure you get the support of your leaders or brothers and sisters in the Lord that you can trust so that you don't lose the breakthrough. Hold on to it. And those of you that have been battling with addictions and habitual sins and you went through repentance or you're going through repentance now, you might need some help to walk this freedom out. So I want to encourage you, be transparent, be open, and uh, and get some help from uh, people who love you that are mature in the Lord to walk that out. That's not your inheritance, to be enslaved to habitual sin or addiction. And it's not your inheritance to be bound by discouragement and fear and anxiety and worry and all of that. That's not part of your inheritance. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Our inheritance is life and joy and peace and hope and being living sacrifices for the work of the kingdom of God. And when we are living sacrifices, as Chaim was telling me, that life of Yeshua, the vine, we are the branches. He is the vine. And when we stay connected to him, that life keeps flowing. And you know how to keep it flowing in? You got to let it flow out. Sometimes I think about a, an imaginary discussion in heaven as God's planning to create heaven and earth and the people, the crown of his creation. And I can imagine something like this. Uh, Yeshua says, you know, we're about to make man the crown of our creation on earth. And the Holy Spirit says, yeah, this is going to be glorious. And then uh, Yeshua says, yeah, but they're kind of like wandering sheep and they get lost so easy and they get confused so easy. And then I can see the Holy Spirit saying, well, then let's make the most important things like the greatest commandments. And I can see Yeshua saying, yeah, let's make the Shema to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, number one. And let's make love your neighbor as yourself as number two. And then I could see the father saying, done. <laughs> you know, and I often like to say, you know, how many of you are into the deep things? All right, I'm not against you being into the deep things. But I always like to say, if we can't get the simple things right, why go for the deep things? You know, I mean, the simple thing is, God wants to pour out his love into our lives. And he wants us to understand that we're loved just the way he loves Yeshua. And God wants to, by the way, this was not the message I planned. And God wants to, uh, 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 <laughs> I just want to encourage you. And God wants to let that love flow through you 
to a lost and dying world. And he wants to take you on this faith adventure where as you allow love to flow out of you to your mishpacha, to your spiritual mishpacha, to your neighbors, to your co-workers, to the people that you meet on the street and whoever, as he allows this love to flow in you, he's taking you on a faith adventure to make you more and more like Yeshua. Isn't that cool? And so when we're tuned into this, you know, we should take our temperature all the time. When we're tuned into this, life is wonderful. When we're not, life is not so wonderful. No matter what circumstances you're facing when you're tuned into this, life is wonderful. Whether they're tremendously wonderful, great circumstances or tremendously, wonderfully terrible circumstances, life is wonderful because you're tuned in to the life and love source of the universe. Now, our modus operandi as a ministry is very simple. To receive love from God and to spread it around one at a time. This is how we saw over 400 people born again into the kingdom of God. Yes, God's spirit was moving powerfully. Yes, we moved into a very ripe harvest field in Belarus when God called us. But really, it was we were just spreading this love around in every way we could find. And I believe... You know, some people like to call me an evangelist, but I'm not. And neither is my wife. But I believe God wants to use our lives as an example to the rest of you who are not ev evangelists that you can forget the word evangelism once and for all and just love people into the kingdom of God. Amen. And pray people into the kingdom of God. <laughs> so, and that's the best Jewish way to do it. It's the best Jewish way to do it. So all of the, the pillars of our ministry, and you saw them, compassion-driven outreach to Israel and the nation, serving the poor and needy, equipping believers for effective ministry and empowering the next generations to impact their world, these four pillars of our ministry are all based on the Shema and loving your neighbor as yourself and connecting to the vine learning how to stay connected, practicing staying connected to the vine as the branches so that his love can keep coming in and working to overcome our fears and our anxieties and our hang-ups to let the love flow out, right? How many of you have fears and anxieties and hang-ups every once in a while to allow the love? Wow, most of you are human, okay. <laughs> and the ones that don't have the fears and anxieties and hang-ups, we... Huh? <laughs> yeah. No, you got them. We all got them. So uh, um, I want to give some of you an opportunity. I want to give all of you an opportunity to join us overseas. You know, there's a lot of opportunities to go with the church into short-term missions, as we call it. And that's great, but we want to provide the Messianic community with opportunities to come with us 
on short-term missions in a Messianic Jewish setting focused on reasoning Jewish people first and then also the people of the nations. So first of all, I want to invite young people because we like young people. You've got to be 18, though. So you've got to wait a few more years, okay? <laughs> okay, he's 18, but she's not 18. Don't tell me you're 18. Okay. All right. You're going to get there. Camp College Team 2013 coming up this summer. For 18 to 30-year-olds, you will serve along with about 50 young adults from our congregations in Belarus who man this camp under the leadership of my wife. And we serve 160 teens and children at this 10-day camp. And uh, the Spirit of God moves powerfully. It's a lot of fun. You make international friendships. And uh, I think you'll come back encouraged and strengthened in the Lord. So I want to encourage your leaders to send you guys on July 21st to August 5th. And you'll make some cool international friends. Camp Chalotzin, that's one opportunity. Then for those of you who are already 21 into your 30s, I know some of you are already saying, well, what if I'm over 40? Don't worry, I'll get to you guys. Huh? What if you're over 140? Well, then let's talk. I want to learn your secret. Uh, God has expanded our vision in India. I want to tell you a little bit about India, what's going on in India. More than 50,000 young Israelis are going to India every year, and they are shopping for spirituality. And they're not going for two weeks or three-week vacation. They're going for six months, one year, two years, and then sometimes they go back to Israel, save their money, and come back again. Now, I learned an old fishing trick, even though I'm not a fisherman. It's wise to fish where the fish are biting. That's if you want to catch fish, right? Who's a fisherman here? Okay, it's wise to fish where the fish are biting, right? Well... In India, the Israelis are super open to the gospel. They're looking for answers. And uh, they don't have the pressure of Israeli society on them, a, a society that's positioned against believing in Messiah. And if you believe, well, your friends are going to give you a hard time. Your parents will probably give you a hard time. Your teachers will give you a hard time. Your co-workers and your employers probably will give you a hard time. But here we are in India. We're looking to meet new people, explore new ideas. We're looking for, as Chaim said, uh, we're looking for the mysteries of life in India. And they are very open to the message of Yeshua. They are very open to the message of Yeshua. And so in 2007, when I got kicked out of Belarus, because Belarus is a dictatorship, but thank God, after five and a half years, I just made my first trip back uh, in February. Hallelujah. And it was a great time of seeing mishpucha and spiritual children and old friends. But um, in 2007, when I got kicked out, God cleared our calendar. We were super busy in Belarus planning congregations and doing all the things that you saw. God cleared our calendar, and he began to point our sights, primarily through my wife first. And I was telling Chaim, what is this thing that wives open up to the vision of the Lord often before the husbands? We've got to fix that, guys. Come on. Anyway, so I've learned to listen to my wife more over the years. I'm getting smarter as I go along. And uh, 
she goes on an exploratory mission to India and says, this is where we got to minister to these Israelis because they're traveling this thing called the Hummus Trail. Hummus, you know hummus? Yeah, the Hummus Trail. Hummus is a famous Israeli food. Chickpeas, that whole thing. And uh, this trail has been affectionately named the Hummus Trail. And what it's not really a trail. It's they're traveling all over India and Nepal from the beaches to the mountains, you know, to historic sites and religious sites and so on. And Chantal and I, my wife, we noticed something about this trail. Everywhere on the trail, there were the drug dealers. There were the new agers peddling their form of spirituality. There was the yogis and the gurus. And there was also the Chabad Orthodox religious group. But almost nowhere, only one place on the whole trail, was there a representation of Yeshua. And so God began to expand our vision and began to speak to us that this is a strategic place, so we need representation of Yeshua everywhere on the Hummus Trail that the drug dealers and Chabad are. And then he instructed us to buy a building in the Himalayan mountains. I want you to know that every Jewish boy in Brooklyn, New York, always wanted to own a building in the Himalayas. <laughs> if you believe that, I have a bridge in Brooklyn I'd like to sell you. And so God instructs us to buy this building, and we buy this building called the Sunrise. And we now have reconstructed it to have three floors to be fully equipped for God's purposes. And it is the representation of our community in India it is the Messianic Center. It is the International Messianic Worship, Prayer, Training, and Outreach Center. And two times a year, we are inviting young people, 21 years old, to their late 30s. And on a very rare occasion, if God's especially calling you, if you're young in heart, but older in bones, we've had a few... And they've done a great job. But this is mostly for these young adults because our vision is to train young soldiers for the Lord who are equipped to walk intimately with Yeshua and share His heart of compassion and the good news with the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This is our vision. And we believe as we hold these one-month programs, and the next one is May 13th to June 10th, and we extended the deadline because we have about four more spaces left. We only take 12 people on this thing. We've extended the deadline. I think it says March 1st here, but it's the end of March now. Uh, spring and fall. Next one, May 13th to June 10th, if you know young people. Uh, this is a great opportunity for them. And we believe that God is going to begin to call young people from Israel and the nations to join with us not only for the month, but we are going to give them opportunities to join with us for two years or more to be manning the Hummus Trail in India and Nepal and then also laboring back in the land of Israel where we're working together with the leaders and the young people to create a net for these young seekers who are not ready to step into congregations like this, either here or in Israel, and they need stepping stones to get into the congregations where they can form relationships with their peers and learn in kind of a relaxed atmosphere and experience the presence and the love of God in a relaxed atmosphere. So that's... 
the vision that we have, and it's a big vision. And let me tell you about vision. If you want to walk with the Lord, and you want to co-labor with Him in the kingdom, He's going to give you little teeny visions sometimes. Sometimes they'll be big right away. But usually He's going to give you little teeny things, and as you start walking, He's going to expand them because He finds out you're faithful. And so He takes your little two talents, and He gives you a few more. And this is what you should be looking for as an, a growing believer because this faith that we have is not knowledge-based. It's knowing and doing-based, right? Am I right? Isn't that why Yeshua said, He who hears these words of mine and does them, this one will be blessed. Our faith is not knowledge-based, head-based. It's knowing in order to live. It's knowing in order to be and to do. And so now I'm going to get a little bit... Oh, did I finish? Oh, yes, the opportunity. I'm almost to my message I planned today. The opportunity for those of you who are over 21. So this is for 18 and to 140. Anybody 140 or above, you need a special recommendation from Chaim. But uh, you have any of those? <laughs> uh, so... We do a thing called Journey into Eastern European Jewelry where we take you to Auschwitz, Schindler's Factory Museum. There we mourn, and then we take you into Belarus to experience the redemptive work of God where you will serve and honor Holocaust survivors in their homes, where you will serve orphans, participate in others of our Project 58 ministries. These are the ministry to the poor and needy. You'll be immersed in the vibrant life of Congregation Brit Hadashah, our uh, central congregation in Minsk, Belarus. And uh, we run these trips every year. And um, in order to stay informed on these opportunities, if you can take advantage of them now, come see us out at the table and we have all this literature for you there and you can sign up on our newsletter list and we'll keep you posted on... Uh, the different opportunities that are happening. And we hope that you will be praying for us and perhaps as God leads, helping us with financial support. And we hope that we will keep you inspired and encouraged through our communications. But here's the, the message. I want to give you a brief summary of the message that the Lord put on my heart. It'll go together with everything else I shared so far. It comes from Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 11. Now, most of you know these passages of Scripture. I'm going to give a summary of most of it right now, and then I'm going to read a few passages. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 11, deals with dry bones. God leads Ezekiel to a valley of dry bones, very dry bones, and uh, eventually explains to Ezekiel that these are the dry bones of Israel. Now, what do dry bones symbolize? Dry bones symbolize men and women who do not have the life of Yeshua dwelling in them. They do not have the kingdom life dwelling in them, dry bones. And uh, God asks Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel gives a very, he was a very bright Jewish guy, very bright. And he gives a very bright answer and he says, I don't know. <laughs> Only you know. And, uh, and then God says something to Ezekiel. And Ezekiel is an example to us in this area. God tells Ezekiel to prophesy or to do. Okay, God says, Ezekiel does. And Ezekiel didn't say to God, well, let me pray about it for the next three months. 
Let me, uh, you know, let me see if it won't cost too much. Let me see if it doesn't take any sacrifice on my part. Let me see if it's convenient. He obeyed God. You know, that's what God's looking for. God doesn't mind when we ask clarifying questions, you know, or to get the assignment clear. But he's kind of looking for obedience, you know. He's looking for some faith and some obedience. And so God wants us to be those kinds of people. Faith and obedience to his word and faith and obedience to the spirit who leads us in agreement with the principles and the stated uh, commandments of his word. Can I get an amen on that? Okay. So Ezekiel, there's two parts to the prophecy and this is a strategic thing, I believe. I believe that that, uh, you know, I'm not a musician, but I'm kind of a strategic thinker. So God communicates to me strategically. He doesn't communicate to me musically. And so I think this is a strategic thing for us in the Messianic movement today. First part of the prophecy, verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. And I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. So what is happening here? Ezekiel prophesies, Ezekiel does something, and the bones start coming together. There's a noise and a rattling, and skin and tendons start to grow on them. How do I understand this? I understand this, that this is the season of preparation. God is preparing the hearts of his people to receive the word of life. This is the season of preparation. And for the most part, even though we have seen a tremendous revival of the Jewish people since 1948-ish, 1967-ish, we've seen this thing increase. We haven't really seen it explode. You know, we saw over 200 Jewish people born again. We're very grateful, but that's not an explosion. You know, you've seen some here. That's not an explosion. So I believe we are in the time of the noise and the rattling. That doesn't mean that we're not in the second phase as well a little bit, but I believe we're in the time of the noise and rattling, meaning that God is preparing hearts of Jewish people. And so what do you do in the time of the noise and rattling? You sow seed and intercede like never before. You love on people and you sow seed like never before and then you intercede for them like never before because you are cooperating with something that God is doing. Now some people want to tell us it's the time of the harvest but I think we're not quite there yet. We do have a harvest now but it's not the big harvest that God promises and I'll show you that in a minute. So I made a decision, and you can make the same decision. Uh, By the way, how many of you have heard of Schindler's List? Pretty much everybody. How many of you have heard of Stewart's List? Come on. This is a very important list, Stewart's List. And then I'm going to tell you about another very important list. Stewart's List is a list of over 500 young Israelis that me, my wife, and our teams have ministered to eye to eye, heart to heart, where the Holy Spirit was doing something, the gospel was shared, we were loving on Israelis. 
Many of them have taken the Brit Hadashah, the New Testament, other gospel literature, because they're very open. Very few turn us away. And so I've made a decision, a commitment, to write down their names. I carry them with me in my Bible, and I've made a decision to pray for them regularly. How many of you think that's going to help? <laughs> Where the rubber meets the road, I like my messages to go. So if you believe that's going to help, then I would ask you to join me in praying for Stewart's List. I'll remind you every once in a while if you get on our email newsletter list, I will remind you of it. But I would like to ask you now to make a commitment to pray for this list because this is one way you can reach Israeli young people. Maybe you can't come with us, maybe you can't go do it, but you can do this with me. And uh, with the Lord, I'm talking about Avital and Bar and Yotham and Michal and Aviv and Natan and Yael and Nadav and Amit and Shir and Adi. Real young people. I believe I'll see many of them in the kingdom of God. The second thing that I want to ask you to do is to make your own lists. Chaim's list, Joe's list, Shirley's list. And I suggest on one side of your list you have your family and on the other side of your list you have about 10 people that you are going to pray into the kingdom of God. And let me tell you what's going to happen when you pray for these people like this with the compassion of God in your heart. Sometimes you're going to pray and you're going to feel like you're moving mountains. Sometimes you're going to forget. Sometimes you're going to pray feeble prayers but you're going to be consistent. And as you're consistent, what's going to happen is that at times God's going to highlight different ones of these people. And he's going to say, invite Joe to that classical concert happening next week because he loves classical music. And you don't mind it either. And so you go out and have fun with the goal of loving people into the kingdom of God. And then it says, you know, go make a cake for Shirley because she's down and the Holy Spirit inspires you and you say, I don't have time. And he says, yes, you do. And you, and you make the cake and you take it over to Shirley's house. And then another time he, are you with me? All right. And so you're going to make your lists and you're going to make these prayers. And then when you get together in corporate prayer, you're going to slap those lists on the table and you're going to lay hands on them and you're going to pray for each other's lists. Right, are you getting excited? Huh? Thank you. So, why? Because we are facing tremendous obstacles to reach the Jewish community with the good news. And God wants us to understand that we don't have to be paralyzed and we don't have to be stymied that we can go out and get the job done in this way, in this way. We can get out and get the job done this way. And there's one other thing that you do in the season of the noise and the rattling. You prepare for the next. You prepare for the big harvest because the next part of the prophecy is this. Verse 9, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slains that they may live so I prophesied as I was commanded, as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life, stood on their feet, a vast army. 
Sometimes when we think of the remnant of Israel, we think of a little slice at the end of the bread. God says it's going to be a vast army in these days, just like it was a vast army. I believe the first fulfillment of this prophecy was 2,000 years ago when uh, the, the apostles and the disciples of Yeshua turned into a vast army that invaded the entire world with the message that the God of Israel loves everybody and the God of Israel is the only God. And I believe we will see a greater fulfillment of this prophecy in these days before Yeshua returns. But this doesn't happen simply by God doing it. It happens by God doing it and we doing it with him. We doing it with him. Just like the apostles and disciples did it with him to turn Israel upside down and to turn the nations upside down. That's the same way that it happens today. Okay? So... We're in the season of the noise and the rattling. There is a breath that will enter some, tens, hundreds even. There will be. There are. There have been. But there is coming a day when it will be thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands. And we need to prepare for that day by, number one, understanding that we do not grow weary now because we are in the noise and rattling rather than the harvest time. We're in the preparation time rather than the big harvest time. Expect harvest now again. Some will come, but it's not the big harvest yet. But we need to get in on it in the right way. Okay? We need to get in on it in the right way. So, when I travel, I have my ears tuned for noises <laughs> and rattles. And I want to tell you that when I'm around young people in North America, I hear a noise and a rattling. I hear it. When I'm around young people in Israel, it's a little louder than what I hear here. And when I'm around young Israelis in India, more than in South America, because I've been in Central America, it's the loudest. It's the loudest. Now, I haven't been in every place in the world, so I'm just sharing with you from my own experience. But we, as God's people, have a tremendous opportunity to be strategically involved with Yeshua regarding the most important things that are on his heart. And we don't want to lose that opportunity by getting distracted with even good things. Can I get an amen to that? We don't want to lose that opportunity by getting distracted with even good things. We want to make sure that everything that we are doing is, is covered over, undergirded, pierced through by this dream of Yeshua to bring Israel every Jewish person back home to their father and God, as well as the people of the nations. And then as we grow up, he wants us to be in that with him and to take care of them when they come into the kingdom. That's not just Chaim's job, right? <laughs> yeah. So, will you join me in praying for Stuart's list? Thank you. Will you make your own lists? Yeah. Hallelujah. 
Will you pray together for each other's lists? Will you make the sacrifices that the Holy Spirit calls you to make for those that are on your list and those that may pop onto your lists over time? Will you do that? Okay, great. I think that's exciting. I think that's exciting. See, God blesses us to bless others. God makes us blessed to be a blessing to the world around us. Okay, so let's, uh, let's have a word of prayer over that. All of you that um, have said yes, let's just stand up together. <sighs> Hallelujah. And I want to just encourage you. You will stumble. You will make mistakes. You will fail at times. But don't give up. Don't quit. Don't get distracted. Don't go the easier route. Yes. Empower them by your Ruach in ways that they cannot even imagine now or ways that they did imagine. But empower them by your Ruach to love people, to humbly serve people, to sacrificially serve people. Empower them, Lord. And may they come to a confirming understanding that when they do this, they find themselves. When they live this way, they find themselves. And when they live this way, they find solutions to their problems that they weren't even looking for. Father, just affirm this in their hearts and bless them as they go. And we pray for the Jewish community of Denver. I want to give you an example of how I pray. We pray for the Jewish community of Denver. Every individual Jew in this state. Father, we ask that you would break the strongholds of sin, darkness, and unbelief off their lives in the name of Yeshua. We ask that you would break the powers of materialism, religiosity, and self-contentment off of their lives in the name of Yeshua. We pray that you would cause a noise and a rattling in every one of their bones in the name of Yeshua. That they would have a discontentment in their lives and that they might not consciously know it, but that they would begin a search for their Messiah, Yeshua. Lord, we prophesy breath to them in Yeshua's name. We prophesy life to them in the name of Yeshua and we ask that you would give them dreams and visions and that you would give them revelation and that you would set the captives free and that you would use us to be examples of Yeshua in making sacrificial deeds of love in an ongoing way on behalf of those that you will allow us to and that you have called us to and that you would send others into their lives as well. Father, give us new faith and new hope to labor t together with you in this season of the noise and the rattling where there's a small harvest but a big rattling and noise. We ask this in the name of Yeshua and we thank you. And Father, as your people make new, new commitments to this way of living, Lord, fresh commitments, we ask that you would supernaturally 
in unexpected ways provide for their needs and give them solutions to the problems that they face. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Please be seated long enough, and then we'll stand again. Thank you, Stuart, for this word of exhortation. And uh, by the way, if you have uh, idiot machines, will you turn them off for, for the remainder of the service? E- even my dear wife. Um, seriously, let's, uh, let's take a moment and, uh, and pray as we give from what the Lord has given us. Lord, we, we bless you and thank you for the truth of your word that as we seek you first and your kingdom and your righteousness, that all these things will be added to us. Lord God, I pray for eyes of faith for all of us that we would see your call on us and that we will pursue what you have put before us, Lord, with vigor, with the power of your spirit. We pray, Lord God, now that as we bring from what you have given us, that it would be done, Lord, with a generous spirit and a desire, Lord God, to see your kingdom expand. Be pleased, Lord God, with what comes from our hearts. And we pray that you would take, Lord, what we bring and that you would use it, Lord, in the feeding of multitudes. And we ask this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. If you're making checks, please make them out to Reach Initiative International. Or just Reach. reach. And and the Lord will use it to Reach. want to share with you two needs that we presently have. Every Passover, every Rosh Hashanah, every Hanukkah, we deliver in the homes of about 100 Holocaust survivors a food basket delivered by one of our staff members or volunteers full of compassion. And those food baskets, we need the help of God's people here to sponsor them is at $30 a shot. The second need that we have is a lot of the kids that come to Camp Chalotzim are very poor. So we sponsor a bunch of kids, and to sponsor one child to Camp Chalotzim, which is a life-transforming camp, is $200. So I just wanted to mention those two needs to you, and thank you for whatever God puts on your heart to do. We appreciate whatever you do.